0: Property Creation Ministry.
1: Covenant Creation Ministries. Here is your host. Welcome to <laughs> Bible Beacon Broadcast. I still haven't changed the introduction because I have had issues with my other computer. We've got a lot going on today. My uh, four-year-old just turned five, Caleb Lambert. So we con- congratulated him on, uh, you know, him moving over to five years old. And uh, it's been a chilly day here in North Carolina. Uh, I figure we could start this off with a prayer real quick, and then we can get into um, some of the discussion uh, as it pertains to the topic of this uh, radio program. Father God, we just come before you right now in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, the Messiah, the one and only way, the way to the Father. And Lord, we just pray right now by your Holy Spirit that we are moved and we are able to speak truth into the airways. And everyone who hears and listens, let them actually hear and see what we are saying pertaining to the scriptures and lord edify us along the way and also help us father to know what is true and to cast out what is false but most of all lord allow our lives to be transformed to live according to your word because your words never pass away pray this in jesus name we pray amen amen um today uh i i kind of rushed the program you know i didn't have this in advance uh this was one of those things uh just, I guess you could say, out of nowhere, out of the blue, let's just go ahead and do a program here. And I contacted a special guest. And so anyone who saw the post on Facebook earlier, I uh, I didn't mention this guest on the Facebook post earlier, earlier, way earlier this morning. But uh, I actually did mention him um, for this evening when I actually posted this around. And so um, uh, we have Brother Frank uh, Frank G. Phoebus. And I did get the email, in fact. So uh, I'll go ahead and read it off here. How are you doing, Frank, by the way? How you doing, brother?
2: I'm just doing fine. I'm, I'm really glad you got the email because I double-checked and uh, it looked like
1: it was sent. <laughs> well, uh, we have Frank Phoebus on the program, thank God. The famous YouTuber, from my perspective. I listened to him when I wasn't even a, a full uh, preterist or, if you will, a cabinet eschatologist. Um, and I listened to him and I said, man, this guy makes some good points, but... Uh, I don't know if I can go that, that route, you know. Um, but he was born on August 10th, 1950, and uh, his birthplace is Manhattan, New York. And you can hear it in his accent as he speaks along on the program. His uh, primary education in the Catholic school system in New York City. He has a two-year degree in social sciences at Thompson's, uh Cortland Community College and also attended Arizona State University and Cortland State University in New York. Founder and pastor of Greater Love Assembly for 20 years. Currently retired and residing in Perkston, Mississippi. Now preoccupied with farming a small organic farm and writing books and articles on fulfilled prophecy and covenant creation. Here's uh, some books he has going on. Uh, Elements Destroyed, Heaven and Earth Passing. That's the first one. Second is The Feast of the Lord and Their Fulfillment. Third one would be Appearing with Him in Glory aspects of the resurrection in covenant creation and four the prophecy of Genesis one. So Brother Phoebus, if you don't mind, uh <clears throat> say a little something that we didn't hear. <laughs> well, oh,
2: there's there's an awful lot. It's been a um it's been a surprise meeting you and all and, and uh it's just been uh it's a it's a privilege to be, you know, uh, uh talking here on your program. And um, reaching ears that would hear And, um, well, there's just so much to say I don't like to talk very much about myself uh, Other than, you know, um, a little bit of background Not very much, I, because I'm not here to, to to talk about myself But sometimes it's good to know where people are coming from And so, you um, know, I was ordained And, you know, was part of a Pentecostal um, uh, denomination Uh and held uh, responsible uh, uh you know i uh functioned as a as a uh a district elder or would you would call it a bishop or uh, something to that effect and so um I'd reached a place in in my ministry where I was about ready to you know kind of uh smell the roses so to speak but uh uh Covenant create oh, I should say, uh, fulfill prophecy, um, intruded on my plans. Um and um, as what happens with many people that that, you know, you know, accept this particular view of the Bible, um, you have to uh basically turn in your you know, your credentials and and relinquish um you know whatever titles they had given you and and walk away from you know um you know of course it's money too, and you know is, when you get to that level you're 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 a speaker and you're you're invited to go here there and yonder the and and um you have great amount of favor and uh you lose that uh, and so uh and so it's been since two thousand I believe. The year 2000. I think it was 2003 when I finally had to relinquish my, uh, you know, my papers and all of that. And so then, um, I was about ready to retire anyway, so, uh, I relocated down south. This is a long story.
0: <laughs> but
2: anyway, it's, um, uh, but I, ever since then I've been writing and, uh, now you know, farming and I have a little farm here. So, uh, uh and that's the, about that. That's all I'm going to really get into as far as myself is concerned. But that's basically my, you know, where I come from. That's, you know, that's my roots.
1: Right. Well, brother, <clears throat> that's enough said. I mean, we've all gone through uh, roller coasters in our lives with coming to fulfilled, uh, uh, fulfilled prophecy and understanding these things. And it's kind of interesting when you get into fulfilled prophecy, um, you also get the same kind of um, – you know, uh, lash from others who are in fulfilled prophecy when you go to covenant creation. And I think it's interesting, um, you know, seeing that I ran into you on Pal Talk, and I've heard you on YouTube, and it was amazing that we got in there. I do want to mention, anyone who's listening to Frank, I have read just snippets of some of this stuff, and it's like he's teasing me with appetizers, and I'm at Olive Garden, and I'm saying, come on, give me the meal already, you know? (laughs) But, uh, if you definitely yeah. want you know get into this stuff uh with frank, you gotta read his books get, contact him uh what's an email? We'll start off with a way of contacting you yeah and well get well, into well first of all let me ex- let,
2: let me explain um, um a little bit about the books um now um the books are no longer in print uh the ones that I already did, and the one that I'm working on right now is going to be digital. All my digital stuff, uh, from now on, I'm just going to be giving away. Um, uh, it's just the logistics of of, of getting a, um, a loan and paying publishers, or you know, even self-publishing through like Yahoo or something like that. I really, um, it's just, it's very difficult to get, uh, you know, when you're not hooked up to a system, you know, or denominational, you know. Uh, uh, type thing, then then you really don't have a, um, a following of sorts, whatever. So the, the best way, really, I believe, is is to, is to digitize it and just let it go. You know, just you know, I'm at the point of my life where really I'm not raising children anymore, and I'm not sending kids to school now. And so, um, it's not a matter of the money; it's a matter of doing the last thing that I've got to do for the Lord. You know. And I'm I'm in good health, you know. I could last a lot longer, but whatever strength I have right now, I want to give to this particular, you know, effort. So, um, the other books that I do have uh, are um, I, I've got them digitized, and I could just send them to people. Uh, the only one that I have in uh, what you would call three-dimensional form is Appearing with Him in Glory: Aspects of the Resurrection and Covenant Creation. Right, that's 247 pages, I believe. Um, okay. That's the only thing that you know I, I have left of of the physical and uh so if people are interested in that they can um uh get they can contact me for any of this information plus I have a lot of um uh, things that I've developed you know in um all, you know in article form and that's usually how. Actually, all of my work starts in article form. On You know, it's just, it just, a lot of writers will tell you that. You know, you start writing and you start writing. And I said, this is going to be, you know, a large article. Uh, and then it says, this is going to be a thesis. No, it's going to be a book. <laughs> so <laughs> that's <laughs> what happens. You know, it just evolves. So anyway, um, uh, I will definitely, I will, if, if people want that, I will just gladly uh, serve them in sending that to them. Uh so my, my uh email address is uh Frank dot That's uh the last name is spelled F as in Frank, E as in Edward, B as in Boy, U as in Union, S as in States, F E B U S. So Frank dot at Yahoo dot com. And um uh, and you all just tell me what you want. Uh or if you don't if you didn't remember all of these titles then uh, what I will do is I'll just reply and I'll send you the title so that you, know, you don't have a photographic memory you know.
1: So that's what we'll do Amen Well, <clears throat> let's start with a quick scripture and get into the topic uh, If you have your Bible, anyone who's listening Isaiah 46.10 I'm going to read in the King James Version Declaring the end from the beginning And from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. It's interesting here. See declaring the end from the beginning, and the topic of the program is the end of the beginning, or the end in the beginning. And so Brother Frank Phoebus here and I believe that Genesis one, two and three, possibly further as I investigate, but definitely Genesis 1, 2, and 3 is speaking prophetically, dealing with, if you will, future events that are going to take place. And I figured it would be a great topic because we had a wonderful discussion the other the other night on the phone, brother. And um, this would be, it's just an interesting thing how the Lord had you cross my path and perfectly, you know, I, I just said, oh, I got to get in there. I know Frank's on. Let's talk about Genesis covenant creation. So, just to kind of give you a narrowed uh idea, what brought you to thinking the way you do about Genesis? And I'm sure it wasn't just one verse, but maybe if you can give a little background on scripture wise, you know, something that kind well, of drew it, your it, was,
2: to. it it was very it was very uh, uh, I, I guess um when you when you are a pastor for a number of years what happens is you've give you an awful lot of Bibles studies. in, in our church we Really believed in giving people personal Bible studies. so it's it's very um, it's it's uh, it's laborious to say the least. It's it, it's not just you know shouting at somebody on a Sunday or or a midweek service. What it is is that it, uh, we actually discipled the people that came to our church. Uh, not everybody wants to be discipled, um, so inadvertently, you know, well, they find out that really they're in the wrong place because that's what we were all about. And so when you have someone that you've, you know, uh, you've uh, led to conversion, baptized them, uh, they're filled with the Spirit, they're they're really hungry for the Word of God, and um, then you start giving them, you know, your handy-dandy Bible study. (laughs) So... Uh, And it started usually at Genesis 1. Or, you know, if you started John, everybody's a little different. I I like to start everybody with the uh, Old Testament. I always loved the Old Testament. Uh, But the thing is, is that uh, I started uh, beginning seeing things without, you know, any prompting. Now, this wasn't 2000. This was earlier on in my ministry. So 2000 was almost uh, to like almost the end of my public ministry. uh, But... I'm talking about while I was teaching this particular uh part of the bible i would I would say "Wow, I says, and I would even preach it i I would you know surmise or I would mention it over the pulpit as teaching it or personally, so you know this really reminds me of myself i was I was without form and darkness was upon the face of the deep, you know God was really beginning to move on me, but I had no reference point, I had nowhere to go with that, all right. And I was always one to stay within, you know, set parameters. You know, and 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 the people will understand that when by the time this is over with, set parameters are really important to 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 stick with. But um, I'm talking about prophetic uh, parameters. Uh, and uh, so what happens is, you know, we, I just didn't have an answer for a lot of things. You know, uh, one little question that comes up later on, of course, it's not Genesis one, but it's related, and that is the um, the idea of Cain's um, wife, that was, that was one big one. Uh, another one I had a problem with, the idea of, of, of light on the first day and then light, you know, uh, on, on the fourth day. Um, this, the creation of the sun, the moon, and the stars, and all of that. And so uh, a number of different things. Of course, you know, uh, going to college, you, you you learn more than just, you know, uh mathematics you you're learning you know uh, the social sciences and that's i was steeped in the social sciences i i took you know uh, a, a lot of uh, ge- ge- uh geology and and, and, and uh, anthropology and i took a lot of those types of things on the on on the uh university level um and uh, of course, those things kind of tagged with me when I got in the ministry, and I, you know, so I started saying, you know, is it, you know, obviously we have some evidence that you know we've been around a lot longer, and here I am, uh, you know, an evangelical, uh, conservative evangelical, having to, you know, uh, uh, defend the indefensible. Uh, you know, the whole idea of 6,000 years, uh, seven days, of literal creation, uh, and then all of the other things that you find yourself having to support that really you have not, no support for. That is really what uh, um, sowed the
1: seeds for uh, covenant creation later on. Wow. Yeah, I remember listening to you realize that God blessed the animals. With the same blessing, he blessed the the man, with, if you will, and that was pretty interesting how you pointed that out on YouTube. But um, you know, one of the things that caught my eye recently because it's always something that keeps adding to this whole picture uh, throughout Scripture of understanding covenant creation was the fact that he declared the end from the beginning, right? And you know, you have to really just think about what that's saying there and really consider it and go. He declared the end from the beginning. Well, what beginning? You know, of course, the beginning, Genesis. Genesis 1. And that's just the simple stuff. It's so simple, but it's so true. And it's like, well, how did he do that if it's just a cosmological creation in Genesis 1? Well, let me
2: break in for a second. I I just want to let you know, uh, and you can continue. And that is that I actually used that particular scripture in my introduction, so that's really one of the. I, I jumped off on that in my introduction on this brand on this new book. You know the, the prophecy of Genesis one. I actually used that scripture, so I just want you to know that you're you're you, you've got it bullseye.
1: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, I'm glad I pat myself on the back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, okay, what are some of the things that you noticed that maybe uh, got you going into the language? Because some of the people who are listening in. They're not looking for the same old, you know, basic stuff that they've heard. But I know that in our conversation—we talked about some of these words, you know, and understanding the language and understanding ah. days and all of this stuff. Wow, you know? Yeah.
2: Okay. I understand what you're talking about because really, a lot of this. My, I don't want to go over rehashing stuff that people have already heard. Right? I, uh, I have uh, actually, uh, I, I have a, uh I've taken a cursory view. Um, of you know, uh, some of the, I don't listen to a lot of the stuff that people are um, uh, are doing on on covenant creation. It's not uh, done intentional for any nefarious reason. Um, I just um, and I have read things, you know, uh, uh, Predator's archives, and you know, I, I've heard some of the uh, some of the programs that have been on uh, every now and then. Uh, where people have gotten together, and uh, the more uh, prominent people in, in the movement, and and I, I pretty much know where they're going at. Uh, but w- one thing that I do want to uh, say, and um, uh, going back with this whole idea of parameters, uh, uh, approaches everything, okay. And th- the reason why we're on different uh, pages on a lot of these uh, different things is because there's not a cohesive. Um, uh, pattern we're not going by a cohesive pattern what we're doing is we're we're doing it slip shot and we're we're doing pretty good for doing a slip shot i I must admit uh have I, I gotta give all credit to you know um uh beyond creation um science and 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 the, the authors of that and the and the rest of what's been going on uh I've read those books I think they were uh, very good but what really we need to do the reason why people are going off in so many crazy directions with covenant creation and, and fulfilled prophecy is that they don't understand that there really is a, a biblical um uh, pattern and it's real simple it's like the, the nose on our face we just don't you know don't consider it and so one of the things i wrote in in this new book is um uh uh And I didn't do it until later on. I said, you know, I better better, uh, prime this thing and and tell people, how am I approaching this thing? Because uh, I'll be saying things, well, how in the world did he get here? You see, it's important to tell people how in the world you got to where you are instead of just making, you know, declarations. So you were using different tools. See, the tools that we've been using with futurism uh, in, in coming to those conclusions, a lot of people are still using the same tools. Okay, and if you're using the same tools, all right, you're gonna um, uh, you're gonna come to you know uh, some con- maybe different conclusions, but varied conclusions, and really not very uniform conclusions as to what the Bible is really saying. So we're using um, we're still using a, a lot of things that are like uh, well, number one, the uh, Hebraic forms are not being used. right people are, they're, they're not bothering themselves with Hebrew at all. Um, they are they are relying on uh, a westernized version uh, of an ancient hebrew text so uh so it's very difficult to reconcile the hebrew to the english to begin with and so uh, and then they you know of course they did it the received text it came through jerome and then of course it was it went into the english later but what i'm saying is that then then there's revisions on top of that so you're losing an awful lot all right and so that really has hindered a lot of people. And so our Westernized understanding of, um, uh, our, uh, uh, of, the, of the Bible, uh, Westernized writing was, is, is full of descriptives. Hebrew is full of concrete, uh, uh, concrete understanding, or concrete uh, you know statements. And so it really is a very, very different, uh, like oil and water. The, the the two uh, so it is important for us to really begin looking at that and so um, let me demonstrate it a little bit and maybe that'll make a little sense all right all right so if you look at the word uh bara right, which is create in uh, in the in the beginning god bara or created right? if you look in any um, a good uh concordance uh any concordance actually uh you'll see the words um uh uh, to fatten, to cut, to form, you know. Um, that word uh, does not designate making something out of nothing. Uh, making something out of nothing is uh, is a Western concoction. It's a Western perception. Right, we're now now we're, we're looking at uh, going back into where, where did they get these concepts from. Well, it, it comes from uh, Greek uh, views. It comes from philosophical views that... Uh, are, are anti uh, Near Eastern, uh, not having anything to do with the, the, the Near Eastern uh, understanding or concepts at all. That so the Hebrew does not have a, a concept uh, of something out of nothing, but it surely does have something to do. Uh, it, it 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 has the concept of bara is to heal or to um, or or I uh, not heal but to nurture or, or to restore. Well, that fits the narrative. <laughs> Of covenant creation, and uh, I'm not just making this up. I mean, uh, it's one thing right after another that substantiates this. When, 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 uh, when, uh, when David was in repentance and, and uh, confessing his sin, he said, "Create within me a new heart." He would say, "Bara, bara, uh, within me a new heart." Okay, fatten my heart because what? Um, uh, I'm without in form and void, and darkness is upon the face of the deep. I'm just adding that, but I'm, that's exactly what it is. I, I'm backslid. I, I'm without the presence of God. I'm without the light of God in my life. Um, I am, you know, you know. and so now... Uh, what we, what we look at is the, the idea, the, the application of that word go into the New Testament. Uh, we are a new creation. Did God create uh, a new bones, a new blood, a new body? No. Uh, what was dead was what was dead. It confirms covenant creation and and, and fulfill prophecy in that what was lost in the beginning. Uh, was not a physical life um uh of a, of an individual but it was being cast out of the presence of god uh, uh you, you, they're belched out of the land they they they're um you know evicted out of the the kingdom and that 's usually what god does whether he does it then or he did it uh, uh for the seventy years uh, you know, in, in Nebuchadnezzar, in, in, in Babylon, or whatever uh, It's always a belching out of the kingdom It's always, a, 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 you know, uh, they're, they're thrown out And so that's really what it was It was out of the presence of God So therefore when we find someone being uh, reconciled uh, We find them, what, coming back into the presence of God Or being born again of the water and of the spirit. Uh, that is the gospel. So, again, bookends, and people know what that means. And so uh, that is really what, so then the narrative, all right, it's got to fit within the narrative. And so that our Western, that's why we're having such a hard time, is that the Western narrative, the way it's being presented, cannot and will not fit uh, the narrative that is taken out uh, of uh, of the ancient Hebrew in a westernized, um, you know, uh setting the way they do it. So that's just one particular, you know, way. Now, uh the Hebrew itself uh, is uh is is uh I say say presented in a, a number of different ways that are evident in the New Testament. But you find in the Old Testament, you'll find how uh the, the word is actually written in an onion uh pattern of an onion. It repeats itself. And repeats itself and repeats itself, so what does that lend it lends to a, a rote type of a teaching or a learning, which is if you teach if you talk to any teacher i 'll tell you that 's the best way of learning is to repeat things and repeat things until finally they 're internalized well that 's exactly you know the way the Bible is written, and then you find this type of thing. Um, Bleeding, I use the word bleeding through, uh, into the, even the Greek. In spite of the Greek, we still have a Hebraic um, representation of, um, uh, of the language because, by and large, the people who uh, wrote the Old Testament or the New Testament, say, were actually um, Hebraically, uh, you know, uh, that was their, their orientation. See, so even if John wrote what he wrote in, in the book of John, you'll see what they call Hebraisms, or you'll find things are repeated in a certain way, right? You'll see, uh, well, you have to call it Hebrew parallelism in the Old Testament where something is said, and then it's repeated again, and it's done within a sentence. Uh, within a sentence, you'll see something said, then reset, uh, but it's really talking about exactly the same um subject it it really defines a subject it nails a subject and it's not it's nothing other than what the subject is saying on the other hand if we look at the same uh, writing uh, in, uh, in in English text what happens is we see this you know um uh, uh something said and it may have a conjunction like and And Oh, that's that's an additional, uh, something else is adding to that sentence No, it is actually, uh, forget about the and It's actually saying the same thing twice It is not saying two separate things But it's actually giving another uh, view or another aspect of that particular uh, idea And so that's how the Hebraic And and so he does it not only in sentences But you see it even done in uh, chapters uh, I believe chapter 1 and chapter 2 is written that way in, in Genesis you have the the uh, you have the um uh macro uh chapter 1 and then you have the micro uh chapter 2 and and it's still the, the, I think the jury's still out on that but still we see um the uh, the idea of um of um uh, what what you you've got Exodus numbers uh, you know, uh, Deuteronomy, uh, Leviticus, and you see these same stories being told, but different parts of the story. And so, why is God repeating these stories? Well, He's got different things to say about these stories. He said the same thing Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Okay, you see the same type of thing. You see the same thing with Revelation. You see the the trumpets and you see the vials and you see the the uh uh, uh various you, know, you you see the judgments repeated and repeated and repeated. It's saying the same thing, just giving different aspects of it. Uh same thing with uh Matthew. Oh, let's just say uh, we have um uh Sam uh, we have uh the judges and then you have uh uh kings. Chronicles uh, stuff, you know, and again, repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. So this is this is um, uh, the way that uh, God teaches, but we're not learning that way. You see, we're learning through our denominational orientation, and whatever seems to contradict uh, that uh, particular orientation, we basically uh, we don't intentionally ignore these patterns. We just don't have the orientation. We're not taught properly. And so uh, that is part of, you know, uh, uh, what I'm talking about when I talk about the Hebraic, uh, the idea of the, um, also, the the uh, the language itself is written in uh, word pictures, okay? And this is where it gets fascinating, and I'm studying um, the Paleo-Hebrew, Uh, And when you study the Paleo Hebrew, you you study also the um, modern Hebrew, which everyone's familiar with, uh, the block letters. And so uh, we have our letter system, our alphabet system, uh, A B C D E. Uh, Each each letter doesn't mean anything, okay? Uh, But when you're looking at the idea of um, uh, the uh, Hebrew or any actually any really super ancient. Uh, writing form, uh, these characters actually have a value or a story to tell. Uh, you can go back to the, uh, actually it came from the uh, the, the ancient Phoenicians, um, but you also see that same type of approach to, to language, you find that um, with the ancient um, Chinese writing, okay, uh, that's 5,000 years old. Uh, also you'll find the same thing, uh, in, of course a different form, but same same type of approach with the Egyptian uh, hieroglyphics. And so, and so what's so important about this is that we're now beginning to see that the story is uh, not really uh, as superficial or as westernized as we have been receiving it, but it has uh, a whole lot more traction when you begin looking at the concrete um, pictorial word pictures of the uh, Old Testament. Right, and it's not real complicated. It it just takes a little, you know, a little work. It's not that bad. I'm I'm not a genius. I just I, maybe I just work hard, but um, the um, so the thing is the um, uh, so word pictures, and, and that's on the, on the and that's on the micro level. On the macro level, uh, the word pictures give us a bigger picture. These pe- these big pictures are are tapestries. This is where I've looked at it. Um, and so there's the so the Word of God is really a tapestry right it's It's a number of tapestries that are woven together, and they tell the same story this is like i this is why I say that that unfortunately you know covenant creation and and, and fulfilled prophecy um it's everybody's in some some different you know uh, never never land i guess or you know they're trying to do the very best they can I should say you know uh, but they're really not. Not paying attention to the tapestry, they're not fully paying attention to the uh, over uh, the overview that God gives us because He gives us an overview. He doesn't want us to be in left field, right field, you know, uh, uh, twilight zone, or anything like that. He wants us to really see that there is really a a cohesive view of His Word, which brings it all together. So you have a parameter and so you know what to work with it's like a puzzle you work with the parameter first and then you work with the uh the innards. if you don't understand the parameter uh then it's very you'll get a part of the puzzle a part of the picture that look beautiful but it won't fit with the rest of the picture there'll be so, always be some kind of a um a, uh, a you know a problem or you know uh and and so oh, where do we get these things well again uh the word uh, the words, the the, the word pictures, um, understanding the narrative. All right. How do we understand the narrative? Well, you have got to go back to Genesis one. That's where it all begins, and then it uh, it, it is uh, codified on Mount Sinai. How did he do it on Mount Sinai? Well, he fleshed it out a little bit better when he started giving us the the, the times and the seasons all right? through. Um, uh, through uh, what I call sun, moon, and stars, which is basically the or the moed, all right, or the convocations, because that's what that word moed means uh, in uh, Genesis one and fourteen, the moed, okay, or the and so these were the convocations, and these are the seasons, all right, um, and so we understand that this uh, was a prophetic type or a prophetic pattern, and it's so simple it's so simple it's it's embarrassing, just like it was embarrassing when I first came in to fulfill prophecy <laughs> uh and uh and so yeah well, I had the first uh first four uh, feasts um and everybody knows those feasts uh they won't you know, it's the death burial, and resurrection of jesus christ and that, that that was all part uh and then you know pentecost Before uh uh, 50 days later, so you got the first f- f- four feasts are right there. And, and so to acknowledge that they're prophetic, it shouldn't be very hard to do. All right, The problem that people have is they don't know what to do with the last three feasts. And they're having a problem with putting a 2,000-year period between uh, the fourth feast and the fifth feast. So they're having a hard time with with, with the trumpets, which follows Pentecost, you see. And so they say, well, you know, the trumpet hasn't sounded. So we're going to put a 2,000-year gap there. Well, just like that, they have to put a 2,000 year gap between uh, the uh, 69th and the 70th week, and uh, and just like anything else that people don't understand, right, They're going to put a gap between the the, the second and the uh, and the third verse of Genesis one. You know, we'll put a gap there and say, well, you know, all this that happened before that, and we don't know about it. Bless God, it could have been billions of years. So Anytime people don't understand something, they'll put a gap there. And so, but you don't have to put gaps there. These are proof texts, right? The, the feast of the Lord uh, and, and his fulfillment is a proof text for fulfilled prophecy. You hardly hear any of these guys talking about it, and it is just so simple, because that was just, that was basically the system that God gave them. It wasn't just the the, the tabernacle, the priesthood, and, and the uh, the, um, uh, the sacrificial order. Uh, yes, he gave them, but the fourth thing he has instituted, if anybody cares to just read the book of Exodus, you'll see that after the 20th verse of the 20th chapter, you'll see that that's what was developed, those four items, and in a very uh, detailed order. Okay, uh, that's what was, de- and so that was what you would call, and so that was what was going to be dealt with at the consummation of the age. So it wasn't just getting rid of the tabernacle and the priesthood. It was a matter of fulfilling all the whole uh, uh, the whole pattern. And if you look at the pattern, the pattern begins with the first seven days. All right? And so you have the first seven days, and then they talk about multiples of days. And it's all based on a, a pattern of sevens just sevens, that's it not thousands you know sevens and so we have seven uh seven months uh and so sevens I- indicative of uh, the sabbath rest all right so everything ends up in, everything ends up in the seventh, seven. seven, 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 seven. So why uh and then then well it, you find out god's just trying to get us to come to rest you see that's really what it is uh, if he can only get us to rest and that's what he he came for to get us to rest and so all of this uh, it can be linked up with the seventh day, you know, in uh, Genesis. Um, and we have uh, work and then rest. And also what we have is uh, – what else I was trying to get here? Um, <clears throat> it's a problem when you get a little older. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but um, – and so so we have the seven. So we, we have seven uh, weeks and a day, you know, we have uh, – uh, We call it feast of weeks, seven weeks. Then they have seven years, and then there's a rest. There's a year of rest. And they have um, um, uh, 49 years, and then a rest. Actually, it's two years of rest that you let the land rest. And so uh, this is all uh, 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 prophetic. And then understanding what what the the high feast, uh, the high uh, Sabbaths were. Uh, people don't, you know, study the high Sabbaths. You know, the high Sabbaths are very important. Right? Uh, this is not Judaism. This is actually uh, the Bible. This is, we're not, I don't go around wearing a yarmulke or trying to be Jewish or anything like that. Uh, I'm not into Jewish roots movement. Uh, <clears throat> I don't want to get caught up into a movement. But, um, but these things are very important for us to, to really see. All right, to I think to to recognize uh, what all of these things mean. Right, what, what what how how can I demonstrate that? That's pretty simple. Um, <clears throat> as far as uh, Noah and the Ark, look at that type. Look at that beautiful type where um, the Ark rested. You look at that day, and and you find these markers throughout the Bible. You know, whenever it says a uh, first day. Of the of, of the second month, fifteenth day of the seventh month, whatever it says, and people that kind of look it over there they don't pay no attention to it, okay many times it has something to do with the feast of the Lord. The implications are tremendous when you think of the ark finally resting on the seventh seventeenth uh, day of the seventh month, okay it rested down that was right after the tribulation, or you would call it the flood okay you, you look at the types there and Jesus referred to it all right um uh the the bible refers to it as a, a tribulation type to be um uh, kind of repeated um in a different form of course in in, in uh, the uh this, this is not double sense this is a matter of you know just uh the way they refer to these things and so And so what's happening here uh, is uh, it's the 17th day of the seventh month. That's right smack dab in the middle of of the Feast of of, of Tabernacles, you know. And Tabernacles is where God gives the church rest. What was the name of Noah, okay? Um, The the word Ararat, for what I've been told, means to marry, all right? So he rested on Mount Ararat on the 17th day of the seventh month and so if you know uh the, the 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 feast itself uh is on the seventh month from the 15th to the 21st day all right and so it's a 7-day feast so that was pretty much in the middle uh, of the of the feast you know um uh Jesus uh there's so many things Jesus got up and, at, at the end of that feast of tabernacles uh the last day of the feast and he said out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water you know and this, he was speaking of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given. And so, what is he talking about? That meant the Holy Ghost, the, the, uh, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost would be uh, continual throughout all generations, because it was it's seven days, it's a seven day feast, it's a cycle that never ends. Um, um, and so, uh, and so that's you know the feast of boots. It's called the feast of boots. And uh, what's the feast of boots? Well, it it was uh, they created these these uh, um, uh, temporary dwellings that they put palm leaves on it and uh, they had um, uh, fruit uh, that they would put inside of the uh, of these uh, these and they would live in them for what seven days it's prophetic they were actually living in I um, should I say a, um, they would do this thing not knowing the the ramifications of it but that's the type of our bodies that you know to, to that was a type of the temporary dwelling that we would be living in um uh within uh, of course our, our limited time but we're in that rest and so uh it was for uh, a a limited uh time of course our our you know bodies are just so limited but we were to bear fruit and we were to worship god you know of course later on throughout eternity i'm sure but uh, so this is the type of things that are, are being, uh, I mean, it's like kind of void are, are the movement that we're in uh, are not talking about these things. And it's, it's, it's concerning. And it's only because of, you know, uh, orientation. Okay. Um, uh, orientation began uh, with um, uh, the Romanish church uh, during the, the second century and that uh, they uh, eschewed anything that was Hebrew. In fact, the founding fathers, or, or as I say, the the church fathers, uh, uh, eschewed anything to, to do with uh, with anything Hebrew. That's a matter of history, and none of them learned how. Uh, very few of them, and I have documentation for this. I'm not just saying this. I documented this. Uh, uh, many uh, different sources. I have this documented. That uh, the only one that really did understand Hebrew was Jerome, the only one. All the other ones, they did not know anything to do with Hebrew, so they were not really studying the Hebrew scriptures. So what you have is uh, people who, uh, you know, uh, people are awarding as as the uh, officialdom of, of of their of their system of learning, and they're really not getting the story, okay. And so uh, the idea of doing anything uh, Hebrew and, and so there was a very very big problem between the um the the uh, the uh, Judean church uh, Christian Judean church uh and um uh, the um, Romanish Church that was rising in the second, third centuries, of course later on, you know what happened, but that same tradition has uh even uh, haunting us to this day because when when people come to God, basically a pastor will give somebody a New Testament Bible. And so, uh, and and so, we have that orientation of the New Testament. That is where you get all of your information from. And so that's that's where we come to uh, many of our conclusions. So, so, so we're approaching the Word of God in so many ways in the wrong way that, regardless of how we want to, you know, uh, uh, argue about um, uh, this or that or the other thing. Uh, by and large, we're just really not uh, uh, approaching it in a holistic uh, fashion, uh, where we're, we're trying to look at the big picture and then uh, look into these things and understand the values of these things uh, uh, with uh, the ancient, you know, perspective. And it's important because we talk about audience relevance all day long. I mean, uh, uh, you know, fulfill prophecy, folks. Oh, audience relevance. Wow. Uh, the Hebrews did not understand this whole idea of a circle of the earth. You know, this whole idea. You know, I know in in, in the uh, in um, King James it talks about the. That's it's talking about the vault of the earth. It's not the circle. It was all the. Oh, they had in the Bible that it, I, I used to preach that I used to teach it unless understood, understood the Hebrew went to the Hebrew and it's not talking about the circle of the earth. It's not talking about a circle or a disc or a um, uh, you know. Start talking about that um it, it it's not that way and and so conceptual uh, our conceptions uh have been coming from the wrong places and we have to relearn stuff but it really i lay this to the to the to the feet of people who are teaching the bible it's their responsibility people are not going to know this you know uh it's going to take a long time for this to finally um uh, you know uh you know develop uh to where it's supposed to be, but it will happen people that are hungry will people are looking for more uh and they're not going to get more by by making the same mistakes you you're not going if you're going you know chase your own uh the dog that chases his own tail uh you're not going to get anywhere with that all right but we have to um you know think in terms of 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 how we're going to change the way we approach. Um, uh, holistically, the word of God. How, what are these patterns all about? You know, God gave us a pattern uh, in, in Daniel. He gave us uh, uh, seventy weeks, seventy weeks of years. See, he gave us patterns, and we do look at that. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying people don't look at that. Yes, they do. They have looked at that, but then they don't show the sub patterns because there's patterns it's the overview. But then you have uh, the the, the feasts of Israel is f- are fulfilled basically in the the, the, the toes of uh, iron and clay. And it's in a relatively short period of time, all right. If you you know contrast it with you know you know the head of gold and all of that, and go all the way down to uh, you know uh, you know various aspects of that. But we we see that he gives a timeline, and it's a it, it's it's a pictorial again again a pictorial timeline, right? He gives it to you in a statue. You know, he gives it to you know. We don't do that. Western people don't do that. So and so, but you know, to see the importance. Uh, of the um uh the uh the uh, um image of, of Nebuchadnezzar then the seventy weeks of daniel then the the um uh the face of the Lord and the fulfillment uh and seeing that as as uh, as an overview and staying within the parameters of that people would start doing that then they won't veer off into things like universalism. Um, you know, going outside of covenant That's another thing uh, uh, You know, these are the tools we've got to eschew The whole idea of, of our view of words like You know, well, God so loved the world And so all oh, you You know, and that's You know, that's the, that's the golden calf You know, don't, don't say nothing about God so loved the world You know, Jesus said You know, God so loved the world Or the Bible said God so loved the world You know, that he gave his only begotten son See, God didn't love the whole uh Every <laughs> You know, that, that, he's talking about he came to his own, his own received him not. He came to his own. He died for his covenant people, and to whomsoever will come to him, that's who he died for. And so, and so the argument is, oh, but we have to save every living soul, and no, we don't, because not everybody's called. You see, we have you have to have a covenantal perspective. It was never covenant it was never universal. So the first um, uh, uh, first very bad mistake people make when indeed talking about um, uh, the Bible, the first fatal mistake we make is in the first verse. You okay. see, because if you view the first verse as a universal cosmological event, you are going to inadvertently uh, paint everything else you see uh In the Bible, as universally uh generated so um but if you have a covenantial uh, understanding from genesis one one right everything else you touch will be um should be uh, a covenantial in ancient understanding uh you know uh, audience relevance and all of that, knowing that this gospel was not for every single person on the planet now, when we believe in a burning hell and everlasting fire we would we'd be very dangerous to say something like that so you know uh, all these people are gonna go to hell even though they you know they just got caught you know stealing bubblegum when they were uh in the second grade, you know. Uh you know, and everybody's gonna go and and crispy there you know, everybody's gonna be burning in hell forever and ever. You know. Because that's why we get so afraid. The hell thing, you know, the hell thing, you know. And so now that we've dealt with the hell thing, now we can just let let it go. And not everybody that's born is destined to be called because the Bible does not say all are called. It said some are called. All right? Few are called but few are chosen. So well, many are called I'm sorry. Many are called but few are chosen. So many is not all. You see? And so um, that's what's really important. Our language, understanding, our concept, our orientation. Um, well, Frank, let me ask you so, a question,
1: brother. Yes sir. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Because we're telling I uh, we've got about and we can maybe push over about 15 more minutes, but how, okay, let me, let me put it like this. Say someone is interested. They're looking at covenant creation. They're they're not convinced, if you will, because they haven't really heard anyone explain it. Let's suppose they started fresh. You're the first guy. They're full preterists. They, they're, you know, covenant eschatology, whatever. They believe in fulfillment. They're looking at Genesis 1. They see it as a natural type of, co- some type of creation whether they say it's cosmological on a universal scale or if it's just a, a small geo you know small local creation if you will um how would you convince them that covenant creation is what's going on there rather than the actual elements that we're seeing you know such as uh, you know, we see land right. we Right. Well, see that, water. That, that, that's the first
2: question. It's because most people, when they talk to me, they say, "Well, you know, I, you mean both." Because they'd love me to say both. I, I'm talking about both. But then, if you have a double sense, if, you, if you've done any studying on, on uh, Milton Terry, I, I read, I read uh, copiously. Uh, I've I read his, uh, I've read his volumes and spent hundreds of hours in reading his stuff. Um, and uh, one of the things he warns us of is, is uh, the idea of the double sense. Okay, and it's an Ill, illegitimate and it's a it's a crooked way of of approaching the the word. But you can't you can't tell people that because then they think you're telling them that they're bad people. So the best thing to do is right. There has to be a way of convincing them. Well, the one way I convinced them is pretty simple. All right, I have got to get them to the point where they are going to confess that the the that the uh, the, the text is. Um, uh, 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 that it is uh uh either one or the other cosmological, so I let them make the decision all right first of all you've got to present ask them the questions um uh that are you know very important questions as concerning the the fallacies of the particular text okay you, you know you just get a whole list of of these things Sorry, can you explain this to me not in a challenging way but i see because they're really the ones that need to they're the ones that are defending the indefensible okay they they've got the so the the, the, the uh to um convince somebody that finally that you know that it's not a matter of uh of history uh, it's not a matter of events in time past um uh but it is a, a prophetic text um uh they've got to be convinced of that well first of all they have got to see the fallacy of it now it, certain people, it doesn't make a difference what you say to them, okay? It doesn't make a difference what you say to them. You will not convince them whatsoever. They've got to be hungry, okay? Now, those that are hungry, the only thing you've got to do is I say, well, now, just please, you know, um, these are the things that, you know, that were giving me a problem. I feel I've got some answers for them, but can you uh, tell me? Because a lot of times they can't see them until you actually present them as being impossible because it it detects itself is impossible, it cannot sustain itself, it cannot sustain itself um uh in any way shape or form i mean you've you've got to be really um uh, you know uh, you know really really almost brainwashed into believing that that really means it's it's, it's the creation of of the universe, and that's another thing. this is where does it say that it is the creation of the universe? This is your implication uh uh you know if if indeed the adam sinned, all right and all living things um you know uh if they don't have any idea of, of if they have any kind of background in, in, in science as well you know where this second law of the thermodynamics uh, uh now you mean it kicked in then you know if you have a sun it, it's already kicking in all right, and so if you have sun, moon, and stars, you got a sun that's already that's exact it's already burning. You you have something that is is already breaking down. Uh, so when did this happen? If all you know, these are the questions that people don't really think about, you see. And so if they're hungry, you can you can. Be, but if they're not hungry, you can't force these people. You can't force people. They have they have to be hungry for it. You have to first of all, you know, um, you know, show them the, the fallacies. Um, uh, you know, just say, look, this, I got a problem here with this. This is th- this thing's broken, uh, and it needs to be fixed. And that's another thing. All right? Showing them the, you know, showing them verse two of the Bible. You know, uh, it, uh, it looks like something was broken. It didn't look like it didn't exist. Uh, how come you're talking about creation and it being the first uh, the first day? Now we have the first day of creation in verse three, but you've got a car wreck in verse two. And you've got an earth and you've got a water in verse two, so uh, uh, explain that to me, right? And so they go through, all, and when they start, you know, making stuff up, and start, you know, it's not no, use, it's no use in, in, in arguing with people that, that won't see the, the, the total fallacy of the narrative. It doesn't have a narrative. It does actually. That narrative does not work. But when we find out, it's a lack of function. it's another thing about the Hebrew. The word function. The word good. When he says, uh, and he said it was good, that means it functions. See, the, the Hebrew, it says it functions or it does not function. It's either, Good and bad means it either functions or it does not function. That's really the understanding of the Hebrew. The word good is a terrible word. all right? Because if you have a car that works, you say you got a good car, it functions. If that car doesn't work, what is it? It's a bad car, isn't it? So really, when you say that something is good... Right. We're saying it functions So what's the problem What is the the, the, the narrative of Genesis 1 Is a, it's functioning Why Because light has come into the world This will preach This is great pre- This is good preaching material But that other stuff there Ain't nothing to it
1: So the light has come in the world I've heard you say some stuff like that What I think is interesting Just to kind of tie in some of this um, We have there are those who see Genesis one, if you will, two is reiterating one. Genesis chapter two is reiterating chapter one, or whatever. And um, what I see is they see a actual, if you will, physical creation of some sort, whether it be, um, you know, uh, young Earth creationism or some other physical uh, form of creation, if you will, um, that goes on in Genesis chapter one. But then they change. Because they see heavens and earth right there in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Heavens and earth. But then they get to Mount Sinai and say, well, heavens and earth was actually destroyed in the flood in 2 Peter 3, the physical heavens and earth. And then it becomes covenantal in Mount, you know, Mosaic covenant, if you will, onward. And then that's the covenant that in Revelation ends up being the old covenant that passed away. And I saw a new heavens and a new earth, a new covenant, if you will. So... I was going to point out that there are people out there that think, well, it starts physical there, it ends physical in Noah, it starts covenantal in Mosaic, and it ends covenantal in Revelation. What do you, what do you see wrong with that? you get where I'm coming
2: from? In, in a way, I'm, I'm almost not hearing you, a little, because you kind of went on, but um, um, kind of give me an encapsulation of that
1: one more time. Okay, I'll make it simple. In 2 Peter 3... There are people who quote Second Peter 3 and say the world that was delunged or destroyed at that time is synonymous with the word heaven and earth. So they'll say right. that God destroyed the heaven and earth, physical heaven and earth, and then he starts over, if you will, with a whole new people in a sense. Uh, Noah was, of, of course, kept through that flood, but it's a physical heavens and earth. There was no actual heavens and earth till Mount Sinai when Moses calls on the children of Israel and calls on heavens and earth. So there's really no heavens and earth till Mount Sinai to Revelation. They start with Genesis 1, and they see in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. They think purely physical about that as elements of some sort, whether they want to say it's out of nothing or fattening. I know people who believe that Genesis 1 is purely physical and there's no prophetic. It's not covenant creation. But they think it's just a physical, if you will, fattening of something that already exists there. But certain things they believe were created out of other things, like man was created out of dust. So that's when he makes him out of dust, you know, actually creates man. Man didn't exist prior to that. Um, you know, all these these different elements they'll, they'll take in, but it's very physical, and it's not covenantal. So heavens and earth in Genesis one is actual heavens and earth, physically, in some sense, physically, not people. But it can't uh, it can't, can't be because the thing is, it it it, it cannot be. How,
2: how uh, was it? You don't have something made out of nothing. You don't. The, the narrative is something's broken. Uh, what's broken? Was that? Was the? Was the planets broken? What? 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 what, what were they sick? Um, they were without void and darkness upon the face of the deep. And now God says, and so the word create. You got. You got to teach them what the word create means. All right, And see how it's used. You see, it, that's another tool is using, like, say, the Englishman's concordance, you know, and just you, let's just take that same exact word and go throughout the Bible, the Old Testament, and then use it. It's uh, it's it's uh, um, it, it's buddy in the New Testament and, and see how it's used there. And it's the same thing. It's about it's about something totally different it's not about you got to teach people that you know that's not what the the word is saying to begin with so to continue using the word create in that sense is incorrect and if they will not receive it well then they really don't want to see the light i don't want they don't want to see reality because that is the way the word is used in scripture so what they're doing is creating another narrative by changing the the the, the, uh, the value of the word so I mean that's what they're they're very famous for doing that you know uh, soon does not mean soon don't you know that don't you know a generation doesn't mean generation uh, so this is this is the same type of fight that we've been having all along with, with people who want to just you know uh, to to win the argument uh, or the discussion uh, they're going to change the definition of a word and that's what they've done and that's why it's very important to understand the Hebrew the Hebrew value of these things. Another thing is uh, how in the world did you get uh, heaven and earth in the boat? How did heaven and earth get in the the, the in the boat I, in Peter if the heavens and the earth were in the water and out of the water how How could you get heavens and earth in in, in the water and out of the water? That's because they were in the boat yeah. all right they were in the boat heaven and earth was in i mean stuff like that is so simple it's almost embarrassing all right How do you get heaven and earth in and out of the water? How did you do that? How did you do that? It was because heaven and earth was in the boat. It's simple. It's too simple, I guess, for some folks. But heaven and earth was in the
1: water and out of the water. Wow, brother. That's uh, that's something I, I think I saw. Yeah, you were writing about that, and uh, you commented about that. And so, yeah, there was a debate um, between a few folks that we know uh, over that issue. And I think it's significant because they say the heavens and earth, if you will – that were in Genesis 1 Were the ones that were destroyed in Noah's day But what I think is interesting What you're saying is Look, the heavens and earth were preserved in the boat They were in and out, if you will In and out of the water at the same time Which is the idea of being inside a boat right. To be inside water yeah. and be out of water You'd be in a boat and that would there be was, there. Heavens
2: and earth was destroyed But heavens and earth was also in the boat All right? In and out of the water All right? So we had a, 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 a Destruction of uh, a certain amount of of the population, and we had the salvation of a very, a very small part of of, of that um, uh, population. To me, it's real simple. I don't, I don't see. But it's a matter of understanding how uh, the Bible is written and how it's it's supposed to be received. But um, um, I don't know. Heaven and earth is just people. You know, uh, mm. heaven and earth is a system. It, it's a lot. You know. Um, I wrote an article on that. If any of you would like to hear that, I I wrote quite a long article. um, uh, It's actually a chapter in in the book on heaven and earth, and it approaches heaven and earth in a very unique way. And uh, I think it would be profitable for anybody to to get it for free. You don't get it, you know, charge anybody anything for it. Um, But um, it's a matter because if you start, if you talk uh, the same, if you, if you, Allow yourself to be drawn into a conversation where they're going to use all of this archaic, and to me it's archaic language, all right? Uh, that's me. That's not to everybody else. But to me, to to use the word create, all right, what they're saying is, and I've got to deal with you um, with this word, the way he's understanding it. Well, the, my first task is to try in my best to, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 Teach them, or to try to persuade them as to not using that word in that way. I mean, I'm going to say I'll never use the word create, but it is not in the sense that they're using it. Because when I say that I'm a new creation, when I'm a new creature, uh, it has absolutely nothing to do with uh, creating anything in me other than uh, I'm now a res- I-, I am now walking in the resurrection. Because that's we, are, we were we were dead in sin, and now we're what we're actually in resurrection. We're walking in newness of life. We're walking in heavenly places or in in the heavenlies, and that's really what that's all about. So it's a matter of a a change in in orientation, but some people, it's just going to have to, you know, uh, you just plant the seed. You can't give it all to them like we're doing right now. Now, this is like crash course here, you know, but I don't do this to people that, you know, never met me before. You know, I just try to... uh, uh, you got you you got to give them a little at a time, or you're gonna choke. You know, gonna choke them. But uh, they've got to the, first of all, there's key things. Uh, the word bara, you teach them that. Uh, what does that mean? And then start looking at the idea of um, uh, the fallacies of Genesis one and Gen- just just pointing them out, saying, look, you know, put it on them. We don't have anything really to explain. I mean, I will, but really, they've got to explain, just like fulfill prophecy, folks. Uh, you know, I don't have anything to explain uh, as far as you know. Uh, you know, I don't have a mea Cooper. Or I've got to you know uh, do any kind of penance because I believe what I believe. They're the ones that are going around saying that the whole universe is coming to an end. I mean, it's, that's that's just totally ridiculous. So they're the ones that are out there in left field, not us. Mm. They have the, they have they have the explaining to do, and if they have the answers, then they should be able to do so in a, in a good way. You know, I'm not. I don't have to explain. I mean, I'm not on the, on the, the the hot seat, of, and that's the thing we have to understand. We're not on the hot seat. They are on the hot seat because they cannot explain their position. They cannot explain their position about the, the destruction of, of of the literal heavens and the earth. They cannot explain that. They cannot explain a, a creation of seven days. They cannot explain uh, approve this whole idea of of, of uh, six thousand years of of man's history. They cannot explain all this stuff. They cannot explain. And this has been the, the big problem Christianity has had, and that's why our work is very important, because it sets the story straight. And it finally gets us up, it gets us, uh, you know, we have received a lot of flack and, and rightly deserved, because we have been declaring things that are totally untrue. And so, how can we tell them that we're walking in truth? And how can we tell them that we're about this Jesus that says He's the way, the truth, and the life? And he, half of what we say uh, are untruths. So, we, we, we've, uh, we're really right. shooting ourselves—we're you know, shooting ourselves in the foot all the time. And we have—we have lost our credibility. We're la- laughed at. People that have any kind of I- education uh, will laugh at us. Uh, uh, Jews that that understood—that you know, Jews. I've seen. People online, are Jews, they know the New Testament better than I'll ever know it. I mean, these folks—they are really brilliant, and they know the Old Testament, of course. And they—they say—they um, say to people, "Your Messiah is a failed Messiah. He was supposed to come back in that generation." They can read English, they can read—they—they they can read the, the Greek. They understand what what Jesus and the apostles said, and so. Um, <clears throat> And so they go to uh Jews that have been converted and they and they and they uh and they they have these outreaches to Jews that have been converted to Christianity and they just take these uh these uh the holes that you know these things that we're talking about and they they rightfully uh point them out and they bring them right back to Judaism. Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: Jesus well, brother, is, is... We're, we're at the top of the hour. We're at the top of the hour. I want you to uh Repeat your information because we're gonna do this again. We're gonna have you back on the show again and uh I'll have some specific questions laid out that you will have uh you would you will look at before we start the show and uh that way it's not like anything caught off guard and you'll be able to explain stuff. But uh um we'll we'll definitely be doing this again. How do people get a hold of you at your email again if you don't mind giving them the email? And uh maybe just the titles I, I, of I
2: gave it out at the beginning, but I'll give it out again. It's uh Frank dot Phoebus. The last name is Phoebus. It's F as in Frank, E as in Edward, B as in Boy, U as in Union, S as in states. At Yahoo dot com. Frank dot Phoebus at Yahoo dot com. I'll gladly send you heaven and earth and I have another one uh you know, just to give you a little at a time, um but, you know, I've done a thing called all things, you know. Uh, he created all things. And so uh, uh, that's about 26 pages, and it deals with um, the nuances of, you know, the whole idea of universalism and how people are messed up with that and uh, all things, every knee under heaven, every eye shall see him, and you know, putting it all into perspective so that people can see, look, you know, it's not talking about all inanimate things. God did not create all inanimate things when he's talking about it in the Bible although he did create all things, I'm saying, but but that's not the narrative. He's not talking about, and so that, again, lends for a a very good uh, explanation of covenant creation because covenant creation, the narrative, is not talking about creating any inanimate thing. It's talking about creating a covenant thing, and I'm one of them.
1: Check it out. You're going to have, um, hopefully some of the people who are listening, um, who may agree or disagree with, uh, covenant creation, at least can read your stuff because believe it or not, um, reading your stuff is obviously, this was almost like we we're just skimming over ideas and methods and things we need to look at and stuff, but we didn't really, uh, go into anything in particular in much detail. So your writings definitely go into that. I could already, I've already read some of the stuff and it's really good. Um, in in dealing with that second Peter three, that, that was really good stuff. But, uh, I want to go ahead and end us off here with a prayer, and um, we will definitely have you back on. I'll be contacting you, and we'll definitely set up another program. How's that sound, brother? That'd be great. Awesome. Father God, we come before you tonight. It's my son's birthday, and I thank you for giving me my children, Lord. Help us to uh, love our families, because it's all about that marriage. It's all about covenant, Lord. It's all about being in covenant relationship with our wives and our children and loving them as much as you loved us, and help us to do that and show other people. Because that's how they we know we're, we're of
0: you, Lord, it's
1: love. Love, 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 Lord. I pray that you just put that in us every day. Help our minds be focused on mercy, truth, forgiveness, and love. I just pray, God, that you do this for anyone who's listening in. And hopefully that this uh, program was a good starting point for people to read some of Frank's stuff and go into the actual deeper stuff that he's dealt with and uh, show where his methodology brings out uh, covenant creation and, Lord, if we're wrong, correct us, Lord, and um, take us away from this and uh, steer us in the right path. My Heavenly Father, help us be true to your word no matter what. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen Good night, everybody. Good night, brother. God bless you. God bless everyone here. Thank you for joining us on God the Bible. God bless everybody here.
2: Broadcast.
1: Amen. Jesus, Jesus. So Bye. All right, there's Frank Bebas, and you heard him. Um, he touched briefly on uh, some of the stuff, just the ideas, nothing in depth. There wasn't much uh, depth, if you will, on theological matters and trying to spell out what we see. Um, these things that he brushed on are things we've discussed before. And um, it, it goes on and on and on. Second Peter 3 talks about the heavens were of old and the earth uh They were standing in and out of the waters All of this stuff, man, this is really interesting Stuff I've never really uh, looked at But no matter what, you're going to have those who are going to Oppose, you're going to have those who are interested And who are hungry, and you're going to have those who believe And that's just the way it goes And we continue to study the Word of God Um, I hope you guys have a wonderful evening, God bless you This is your host, Derek Lambert Bible Beacon Broadcast